This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of None So Blind. The floor of the concert hall was a bed of petals from a thousand jungle roses. The ceiling was the starred equatorial heaven, and the walls were of living fern that grew even higher than the seven-foot-tall warriors of the Shilluk tribe. The Shilluks wore two huge cones of matted hair on top of their heads, and members of other Kabilas could be identified by egret headdresses, brass anklets, decorative bones that pierced the nose, saucer-like lips, and other tribal marks and ornaments. But every member of this strange audience had one thing in common, the rapt attention with which they watched every movement of the violinist bow, drank in each exquisite note of his closing number. And not even in Carnegie Hall or the Conservatoire de Musique had Johann Vermeer given a more inspired performance. Thank you. Thank you very much. My friend, uh, uh, Baninga, I know only a few words in your language, but a performer can always recognize a request for an encore. I regret that... <laughs> if there were only someone here who could translate for me, I could express... Maybe I can be a servant. Well, I'd certainly appreciate it. Your admirers here speak as many different dialects as there are leaves in a baobab tree, but perhaps I can make a portion of them understand your thoughts. Well, fine. Are you ready? Yes, go ahead. Uh, thank you very much, all of you. Santa Ninji, Ninji Nyawate. I'm sorry, but I can play no more this evening. Niki Tiko Tendokamo. I am very tired. Mimi Chaku. And my wife and I must prepare for a journey tonight. Mimi Na Mukiangu Mwenda Sahibi. But I promise that we shall return. 
Tutsarudi. Certainly helped me out of a tight spot. The yeah, speech was a very gracious one, Mr. Romare. It was a great pleasure to be able to relay it. Come along backstage with me, won't you? That is, if you can refer to that bamboline to the erected for me as backstage. I'd like you to meet my wife. Oh, that uh, very attractive woman who accompanied you? Yes. It's always very convenient for a soloist to fall in love with an accompanist. <laughs> Antoinette! Here you are, and I'm trying to make these men understand about the piano. Oh, I'll take care of it, dear. The piano must go with us on the train to Pidano. Ada, Amy, Garini. And I have been healing myself, Ross. Who is your clever friend, Johan? Huh? I'm afraid I forgot to ask him his name. Je m'appelle Tarzan, Madame Vermeer. Vous êtes français? No, I'm not French, but it was the first civilized tongue I learned. Well, you are a very accomplished linguist, Monsieur Tarzan. You have obtained his services on that trip, Johan? It would be wonderful if you could come with us, Tarzan. I can't speak a word of their language. Oh, now, you did use the native word for friend. Well, as a child, I knew a few words, but most of them are forgotten. Your music speaks an international language. I, I'm sure you'll not have any trouble on that score. I hope not. Our trip will take us into more than two dozen small native villages and we'll be gone for several months. Frankly, I plan to spend this spring realizing a lifelong ambition, trying to be a composer... But Antoinette dreamed up this little concert tour. I said it was his duty. Oh, in what way? Uh, my father was Jan Vandermeer. I shortened the name, as you may know. He founded the great cotton industry in Africa. He made a very substantial fortune, but not without the help of thousands of natives. I'm trying to repay a little of that debt. You see, Monsieur Tarzan, if Johann's papa had not made a great deal of money, Johann might not have become a great virtuoso. And certainly could not have afforded to study in Europe for many, many years. And worst of all, I would never have met Antoinette. <laughs> Thank you, husband. You're doing a wonderful thing, both of you. So many criticize the natives for their lack of education, and so few do anything about it. But uh, tell me, what, what train have you found to take you to Kidano at this season of the year? A train leaves near dawn on the Kisanya Railway, as I understand. But it has no accommodations for passengers. It carries only freight that moves slowly through the roughest portions of the jungle. Yeah, the gentleman at the travel bureau arranged for us to be taken aboard, and we are not afraid of a little discomfort. <laughs> no, but we are sorry that we shall not have you along for company. There's no chance of persuading you? By dawn, I shall be deep in the jungle, trying to do my part to bring enlightenment to the natives, even as you are doing. Right now, violence threatens to explode at any moment. Be cautious, my friends. By dawn, Johan and Antoinette Vermeer were aboard the antiquated train that chugged along the narrow-gauge tracks toward Kidano. And Tarzan had traversed miles of jungle. He stood in the central clearing of a native village that consisted of dozens of tiny thatched huts and while children, who would have reached only to his knee, peered from within these dwarfed hemmas, he addressed the dignified four-foot king of this aboriginal pygmy tribe. Yapuma, violence is not an answer to the problem that threatens all of Africa. Raids on the white man's cities, the ambushing of safaris, and the killing of their soldiers will, will only invite bullets in return. That's why Kopomi sent for Tarzan. Young men of tribe not see this. By time Kudu the sun, high in heaven's first act of what you say, violence will be done. What sort of an act of violence? In Kidano is many Askari of white men. Yes, there's a troop of soldiers at Kidano, but they have made no move against your people. Not have many small arrows that bring death. No, I suppose they haven't much of a supply of ammunition. But Kari bring much ammunition. Be 
Casalio railway train that left this morning for Kidano carried arms and explosives? Nadio. But not get to Kidano. What do you mean? Bridge at bottom, great hill. Destroyed by young men of tribe. Kipumi, if the train reaches that bridge, two of Africa's greatest friends will die. And all of the dark continent may be plunged into war. Back to our story. At the bottom of the great hill, that was how the pygmy chieftain had described the location where his warriors had destroyed the bridge. And yet there were at least four great hills on the way to Kidano. Kapumi could not say which of these it was, but he thought that perhaps he could point out the one if he went with Tarzan on his mission. Following Kapumi's directions, the right hill was finally located. But even as Tarzan sighted the yawning chasm where the bridge had been, the train emerged from a tunnel and started down the steep grade, gaining momentum, speeding toward destruction. I'll put you down here, Kapumi, and make a dash for it, but I'm afraid I'm too late. Stop! Stop! The bridge is out! The bridge is out! Stop, I say! Tarzan, get off! Back! You'll be killed! Last coach go off track, Tarzan. That's right. Perhaps you can find out if the engineer and fireman are all right while I see if anyone was in that last coach. Someone help! I'm coming, Mrs. Bernard. You're hurt? No, no, not badly, but Johan. Johan is thin underneath that coach. You stay here. I'll see if there's a No, I'm coming with you. Johan needs me. He's in great pain. Who? Who? Who's with you, Tony? Keep these cells down. How did you get here? Well, save your strength, Mr. Bernard. Uh... Let's see. Oh, your arm. Can you feel anything in it? Oh, great, great pain. My arm and my shoulder. I might be able to pry your shoulder out, but your arms. What, what can be done? You, you've got to get me out of here. You can be saved, but your arm. You mean someone will have to amputate? No, no, no. You can't do that. But many men have been forced. Many men? I'm a violinist. I've given my life to my work. You can't cut off my life. That's what you'd be doing. Kiss the train crew. Tell them I have There to... are never more than two men on these crews, and it would take hundreds to lift this coach. Oh. E- even if there were elephants in this part of the jungle, there might be a chance. I won't let you a... do it. I'll die first. I won't... Oh. He has fainted with the pain. The decision must be made at once, Mrs. Romare. If we delay too long, it will mean infection and certain death. If you use that knife you carry, there will not be infection? I have a native with me, a pygmy who is unerring in finding roots that make an adequate antiseptic, but nothing is sure, of course. Oh. However, I will do nothing without your permission. Johan will hate me, but I give the permission. I would rather have a live husband than a dead violinist. The minute pygmy king was soon searching the forest for the root that would serve as an antiseptic. And when he returned, he also bore a strange jungle weed that he mashed and mixed with a rare herb to form an anesthetic. And then, as the African sun beat down upon the unconscious Vermeer, Tarzan wiped his brow and set to the task that would free the great violinist from the demolished train coach. Antoinette Vermeer watched the operation with helpless desperation, cradling the head of the man who might start to hate her from the moment he regained consciousness. 
We will leave, Tarzan. If you can be kept quiet for the next few days, and if you keep soaking that cloth with the antiseptic Capone made. Capone do that. Woman, rest. Unfortunately, we have an even more important task before us. What we do? We must get that train onto the tracks at the other side of the gorge. How in the world can you do that when you said it would take hundreds of men to leave this one coach? I'm not sure yet, but even if the plan I have in the back of my mind works out, we couldn't have waited to free Mr. Vermeer. Why you want train on other side, Tarzan? Listen. Listen carefully now, Capone. If that train is more than a few hours late, the soldiers you spoke about at Kidano will suspect the worst. They'll be here looking for trouble. And with the ammunition aboard, they'll have no trouble in finding it. And in wiping out your people. But even we get trained through by miracle, they know my people ruin bridge. I dislike lies, but I dislike bloodshed far worse. Fortunately, both the engineer and the fireman share my sentiments. They've agreed to tell a little fairy tale when or if they reach their destination. Kapul me give man a little more sleep medicine. I can do it. You're a brave woman. What men say when get to Kidano? That the bridge was washed out. We'll have to see to it that it looks that way before anyone can come to inspect it. But I doubt that many questions will be asked when they report that it was your people who built a temporary bridge and managed to unhook the derailed coach and send them on their way. Kapul may not think warriors his tribe helped send train to Kidano with ammunition. Oh, the train would be far too heavy to handle with all those heavy crates aboard. No, we shall have to uh, unload them and then destroy every single gun and shell. Uh, for safety's sake, of course, before we can possibly attempt to move the train. By late afternoon, Tarzan had felled a mighty tree and laboriously hollowed out its enormous trunk. As the sun descended over the Congo, a jungle animal made the next contribution to peace, for its hide, stretched tightly over the hollow trunk, formed a huge talking drum that soon broadcast a message to Kapulmi's people. By dawn of the next day, hundreds of tiny negritos had answered the summons. And under the supervision of Tarzan, Kapulmi, their king, and the two-man crew of the stranded train, construction of the temporary bridge began. The sound of axes rang through the jungle, metal was forged in a crude furnace, and the dwarf natives did the work of giants. The bridge sprang into being, and the cumbersome train was conveyed to the other side of what had been a yawning chasm only hours before. The, the train, it has left without us. It would be most unwise to move your husband yet, and besides, he might not have agreed to our fairy story. I value his life, but not above that of thousands of Africa's people. I understand, Tarzan. I will make him understand if he questions it. We shall try to nurse him to health, and when he's well enough, we will lead you back to where you gave your last concert. Our last concert? If we had only known it was to be our last... One cannot undo what is past. One can only work for the future. Both you and your husband have serious work to do. It's necessary to send the train through to Kidano in order to avert a war. But, 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 how? Tarzan and a lot of little pygmies built a temporary bridge from huge logs and managed to get the train onto the other side of the castle. Fantastic. And how did you get me out of this? No. No, you, you couldn't have done this to me. Tarzan, Antoinette! My dear, that was the only way. Everything ready, Tarzan. Kapoor may have light fuse. What? What the devil else? 
Well, what the hell about who's that small lady? What does he want? Quiet, darling. Don't upset yourself more than you can help. This is Kapuma, Mr. Amir. His men unloaded the ammunition that was aboard the train, and we're destroying it before it destroys Africa. I, I hope you put it far enough away from here, Kapumi. Not far from here, but safe. It's behind that big pile of rocks over there. Not Johan, you shouldn't have been up. Johan, come back! Mr. Vermeer, the, the ammunition's in that direction. In a few seconds, it'll go off. But... Once more, Tarzan raced with death as Vermeer, weakened from loss of blood but strengthened with the mania of self-destruction, sped toward the ammunition pile that would explode in a matter of seconds. His wife moved to run after her husband and his pursuer, but a small, dark hand of incredible strength restrained her. Vermeer neared the rocks as the fuse sputtered inches away from its goal, but suddenly he was swept off his feet, and a bronze jungle man carried him in outstretched arms and dashed for safety. At any moment, rock splinters would fill the air and... Johan, you are all right. Yes, I'm all right. Just perfect, in fact. Johan, I know something of what you're going through, but the coward solution is not the right one, believe me. What would you suggest for a one-armed violinist? You spoke of composing once. Yes, yes, I might compose a violin concerto that I never can play. No, thank you, my brave savior. You stopped me once, but the jungle is big. We're all alone here. And I shall have many opportunities to succeed in my purpose. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Now, back to our story, None So Blind. A few days later, the small group that had encamped beside the derailed train coach started afoot over the limitless jungle belt. Kapumi, who led the party, held his spear, the traditional weapon of the pygmy, in readiness. 
and Tarzan, who brought up the rear of the single file, caressed the handle of his great hunting knife nervously, his eyes darting in all directions as he displayed a grave uneasiness that no one had ever witnessed in the Lord of the Jungle. How much longer should he take us? Three, four days more. Before me, Kula, Sio, Kivin Genie, Sio. It sounds as though Tarzan and Kapulmi are arguing. Yes. Najia Wakume. Sio. Najia Wakuchata. What in the world could they be arguing about? I remember now a few words from my youth. Uh, wakume. Right. Wakushata. Left. They are in disagreement about which way we should go. I'm beginning to suspect that Tarzan... Then maybe he doesn't want us to get back to civilization. Oh, you are talking nonsense, Johan. What objective could he have? I don't know. But I suspect this is not the first argument that Tarzan has won from the natives since we started out. The little man leads, but Tarzan has selected a route. And it looks to me as though with each passing hour, we get deeper and deeper into the jungle. <laughs> Johan, I know how you feel, but life must still hold something for you. Was not the native village we just left most interesting? I suppose so, for those who like sightseeing. Not fall back, Bona. Bibi is land of Kiparu. Who is Kiparu, Tarzan? Kiparu's are rhinos. It's best to avoid them. They make poor household pets. This is all pretty scary, but it is thrilling. No, Johan? The animals, those native musicians with their funny instruments... The dancers jumping up and down on those huge drums and... All right, Tony, that's enough. I'm not interested. My only interest in life is gone. Watch out! Danger! Kifaru! Yeah! Come back, you fool! You're crossing between the rhino and water! A plain invitation to death! A huge black rhino, its ugly horn poised for the kill, charged directly at Vermeer as he broke from the narrow trail. His wife turned to Tarzan with frantic eyes, but the appeal fell on barren ground. Tarzan made no move to intercede as the massive beast neared its victim. And then, a scant moment before Johann's body would have been impaled on the scabrous tusk, Kapulmi's spear shot forward, and the enormous animal lurched sideward and dropped in death. <laughs> Johan, how can you do this to me? Do you not love me at all that you keep trying to take your own life? You're still young and pretty. You'll marry again. Oh. And obviously, he's not worth bothering about, Tony. Oh, you call her Tony now, eh? So that's why the trip that Kipulmi said would take a week has stretched to almost a month. Oh, please, Johan, if Tarzan called me Tony, it was only because he has heard you call me by that name. That's right. Spring to his defense. I suddenly recalled that he said you are attractive the first time he saw you. Well, you should be pleased. And you encouraged him to join us on our concert tour. Oh, but I didn't accept the invitation. You I? managed to catch up with us soon enough after the natives had destroyed the bridge. Johan, you are being unfair. It was Tarzan who got you out from underneath the train. He got half me out. But he saved you from the explosion, no? Well, he realized his mistake later, I guess. It was Kipulmi who found the jungle route that was used to ward off the infection. It was Kipulmi who took the lead along the trail. And he who was the one who saved me just now, not the brave Tarzan. I, I didn't have time. But that is not true. Kipulmi was further away than you were. Johan has been right. You have been keeping us from finding our way back. And ever since we started this trip, it has been the small native who has been our protector. 
I ain't to you, Tarzan, and if we ever get back to civilization, I will tell everyone you only pretend to be brave, that you are really a coward, a deceitful coward. Well, by tomorrow at this time, you will be able to board a ship for home. No thanks to you. What is this strange contraption, Kipulmi? Kisumi. It's a native game, similar to checkers. I didn't ask you. Kipulmi wants to amuse you, Johan. I'm not a child who needs amusing. Could you not try the game, Johan? He has been carving out the little figures ever since dinner time. All right, all right. Well, there, I've moved. If that's the way you play it. Do you have to fondle every piece before you make your first move, Kipulmi? Watch out, Kipulmi! Oh, that venomous-looking insect you killed, Arthur. Another moment and it would have bitten you, Kipulmi. Not real insect. It not have sent. But it was on you. Couldn't you see it? Kipulmi, not able to see. You... You couldn't mean that you're blind. It, it is impossible. Kipulmi, think you know. Name Kipulmi two words. Kipafu, blind person... Mafalmi King. The blind king. But everything you did, leading us on the trail, finding the roots that saved my life, the accuracy of your spear. He lost his sight many years ago, but being a king, he knew that he must learn how to be without sight and still be a leader. He was not willing to quit, Johan. So that was the reason for your every act, Tarzan. You were determined to make me find out for myself the meaning of moral strength. Oh, please forgive us both for what we have said and thought, Tarzan. Gladly, if Kapumi's example has done any good. What can I say when I owe my life to a... Four-foot king who has no eyes but great vision. And I owe my soul to a man who preferred being called a coward to permitting another to be one. You will come home and try now to become a composer, Johan? My first symphony is already half-written in my mind. It contains the weird reed instruments of the Congo. The elephant-tusk trumpets, naked feet on huge drums, the clinking of brass anklets... The roar of jungle animals and the great heart of all Africa. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time. Transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the Arena of Death. In the ever-important search for food, Tarzan was ranging a part of the jungle unknown to him. With the keen alertness of a wild creature, he was alive to all that was strange and unusual. No sound escaped his ears, no scent went unidentified from his keen nostrils. For those of the jungle, eternal vigilance is the price of life. Suddenly, Tarzan stopped. The scent of man was strong. A native calls for help. You are hurt. Mercy, Buaba. Do not be afraid. I, I'm Tarzan. The Lord of the Jungle. I... Now be quiet now and rest. 
I'll get you water. You feel stronger now? Yes, Thompson. Who are you? What are you doing alone in this country? I am Wanji, from the city of Ortho. Ortho? The name is strange to me. It is to the east. Two suns. Two days away. What brings you here? My master, Thorval, the king's brother, brought myself and others to hunt meat for our city. The lion men attacked us. The lion men? Yes. It was they who killed the others. You're the only survivor of the hunting party? But for my master, Thorval, they took him prisoner. These uh, lion men, why are they so-called? They train lions to hunt and kill. They attack our village, kill many elephants which masters have trained to work. Your masters are wise. An elephant can do the work of many men. We are helpless against the lion men. They kill game in our valley. We must travel far to find meat for our people. Well, the jungle has food for all. Where do these lion men live? In the city of Victa, at opposite end of the valley where my people live. Ortho, Victa? Those names are from a, a past civilization. The lion men are many and powerful, lord of the jungle. What can be done? Your master is a prisoner. A powerful force threatens the peace of the jungle. We go to the city of Victor and the lion men. We'll return in just a moment to our story of Tarzan and the Arena of Death. Tarzan's jungle-bred knowledge made the trail of the lion men easy to follow. Wanji, the native of Ortho, hurried to keep pace with the swift-moving lord of the jungle. Presently, the screams of Tantor, the elephant, came to Tarzan. Even louder was the roar of Numa, the lion. Tantor is in trouble. Hurry! Look! Tantor has fallen into pit! Numa, stand far! The lion men must have left a trained lion to watch over their quarry. We must release the elephant. Oh, but the lion! It will kill you! That may be. I'll take the chance. Of all the beasts in the jungle, I count the elephant as my best friend. The lion turns! He sees us! Stay back, Wanji! Numa roars a challenge! With a mighty earth-shaking roar, the king of the beasts sprang toward the lord of the jungle. Knife in hand, the lithe bronze body of Tarzan hurtled through the air and fastened itself securely around the lion's back. A sinewy arm was flung around the beast's neck as Tarzan found a handhold in the shaggy mane hair. Long, muscled legs locked around the lion's shanks. Numa plunged, carrying Tarzan with him. Tarzan's knife flashed in the air once, twice, again and again as its sharp point sought a vital spot. And then the lion fell. Tarzan leaped from its back, put his foot on the vanquished lion's body, and loosed the victory cry so often heard through other jungles and plains. Come. We will release Tantor. Elephant killed. I do not think so. Deep cuts on back of elephant. I will dip a bamboo stick in the mud of the riverbed and treat his wounds. One tusk is dark. Has been discolored. Distinctive mark. He's probably king of his herd. He is big, Tarzan. How will you get him out of pit? With my knife and your spear, we will dig a ramp so he can walk out. We're close to the river. The ground is not hard. Then we will again follow the lion? Yes, they cannot be far now. They must plan to return to get this elephant. After Tarzan closed the elephant's wounds the best he could, he and Wanji set to work with spear and knife to excavate a ramp. Tantor, the pain of his wounds eased by Tarzan's crude but effective treatment, seemed to sense that these two strange men were his friends. 
He stood quietly, swaying gently from side to side as they worked. There. That's complete. Tantor, bundo. Candy. Stand back, Wanji. It's best to be cautious. A great bull climbed slowly from the pit. As he came out, his sensitive trunk passed over the body of Tarzan in what was almost a caress. Look, Tantor leaves peacefully. He does not harm us. The bull will go back to his herd now and his wounds will heal. Come, we must move swiftly after the lion men. They passed here not long ago. The river tells you this? No, these tracks. Come on. The scent of the spore is fresh. We'll climb to the top of this rise. We should catch sight of them there. You, you climb too swiftly, Tarzan. I can't... Look, Wanji, down there. And the jungle falls away to the plains. The lion men. A score of lions followed by perhaps a hundred warriors. And the lions behave like so many trained dogs. Tarzan, the lions turn. They see us. No, Wanji, they only catch our scent. The wind has shifted. They are turning this way. They're coming after us. Travel fast, Wanji. To your city of Orthoff. Tell your king we'll need many men. But you, Tarzan, what of you? They will chase me while you escape. The lions will tear you to shreds. Not unless they've also been trained to climb trees, Wanji. It's our only chance. Go now, quickly. Good luck, Tarzan. Tarzan stood his ground as the lion men picked up the scent and started toward him. When Wanji was out of sight, Tarzan turned and raced in another direction. The lion men followed with a snarling, roaring beast straining at their leashes, but could not keep pace with Tarzan. Release five of the lions. The five lions sprang from their masters and bounded after the lord of the jungle. The jungle echoed their roars. Had they been wild lions, they would have stalked their prey in silence. But now they raced upon Tarzan with savage fury. The bronzed white sun felt their breath on his neck as he hit a jungle vine and swung with all his might into a friendly tree. The lions leaped to seize him. Tarzan watched the snarling beast below him, and then the surrounding lion men approached and leashed the lions. Tarzan dropped from the tree into the midst of the men. Mungo, Hoko, Horus, guard this man. Put him with the other prisoner. We will return to Victor. You are silent? Have you nothing to say? Nothing. You ask for nothing, no mercy? Nothing. <laughs> you are a fool. Surely there must be something you want. I would not ask anything of an enemy. Horus, take him away. We go to Victor. Get in there, wild man. Join the elephant man of Ortho. You are not familiar to me. You are Thorvald? Yes. How did you know of me? A native of your city, Wanji. Wanji? I thought the lions killed him. He was lucky to escape. He's now on his way to Ortho. Good. My brother Ortho and the king will be after us. Thorvald, how do you account for the names of these cities, Ortho and Victor? They're from a language of another continent. Well, it is said that in another age, a band of people came from the other side of the great water in search of peace. Of these, only a few reached this valley. Even they quarreled among themselves and soon split into two groups, each setting up their own cities and gods. And they're still enemies? The people of Arthur are concerned with the fruits of the land. We have trained our elephants for work in the fields, and our crops have been abundant. Those of this city, Victor, are hunters... They kill many and plunder villages. A great difference. Indeed. As the people of Victor breed lions, we of Otho breed elephants. Their god is Thus, the lion. Ours, Dias, is an elephant. I only hope Wanji arrives safely in Otho. It is a long way. We may not be alive by the time my people arrive. We must escape. There's little hope for that. These iron walls are strong and the lions outside are many. Oh, 
the guard. And there are others with him. Well, it is good to see the prisoner in such good spirits. Go back to your lions, Savage. Silence, elephant men. You dare to speak to one of Victor in such a manner? Talk will only work against you, Thorvald. I do not care what these pigs of the jungle think. They can do nothing worse to ah, me. He wants to see what else we can do. Do with me what you will. I do not fear your insane actions. We shall see, Thorvald. Come, let us make sport with this noble elephant man. Chain these two to those racks over there against the wall. Now, heat that iron. I'm sorry, Tarzan. I fear it is I who caused this. Quickly, bring that iron. You must not weaken now, my friend. Dying is not easy. Perhaps there's still a way. These chains are weak with rust. They would kill us either way. No, we're not dead yet, my friend. Ah, Thorvald. Your eyes widen at the sight of this red-hot iron. Look at it well. It is the last thing you will see. moved toward Thorval with a hot iron, Tarzan strained at his chains. His mighty chest expanded to capacity. Sinewy muscles, hard and rigid, fought at the iron links. He has broken the chains! Look out! As the chain dropped to the floor, Tarzan sprang at the guard with savage fury. His hand twisted the red-hot iron bar from the man's grasp and flung it to the far side of the prison. The other guards leaped on Tarzan, fighting to stop his onslaught. Tarzan was indeed a man possessed with a taste of freedom. Two men went down under his relentless blows, but the odds were too great. The guards fought back to the heavy iron doors, and once outside, slammed them shut against Tarzan's might. Hey, you fool! You will never know mercy! I ask none. We shall go to our king and tell of this devil with the strength of a thousand men. Victor shall surely choose a fitting death for such a savage. I owe you my life, Tarzan. You owe me nothing, Thorval. I would have done the same for Numa in the face of such inhuman action. We are doomed now. Well, we can still hope that Wanji arrived safely at the city of Ortho and is returning with Orthon and his warriors. <laughs> Victus the king is with them. This is the wild man, mighty Victus. So, Tarzan, you thought you could stand up against the lion man, huh? Indeed, I tried. And for such a mighty warrior, it is only fitting that your death befit you. We have something special planned. So? Tomorrow, in the great arena of Victor, all our people will turn out to see your great strength. Am I to fight lions? No, wild man. Tomorrow, you and Thorvald die in the arena. Trampled and gored to death by a rogue elephant. In just a moment, the exciting conclusion of Tarzan and the Arena of Death. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. They 
will be here shortly, Tarzan. I know. We shall die. I know that also. There's nothing unique about that. Many people have died. Many will die. Does it uh, frighten you? No. We must all die. What matters is how we die. If we meet death courageously, there'll be no regrets. Myself, I'm glad that an elephant is going to kill me. For I'm an elephant man. And I bear the title with pride. I should prefer the lion, for the elephant has always been my friend. My very best friend, perhaps. I do not like to think that a friend must kill me. <sighs> the one in the arena today will not be your friend, Darzan. No, but others have been. You think there's still a way out? I always hope. It is possible. Prisoners, we go now to the arena. We're ready. The people of Victor await their sport. Half a hundred warriors of Victor, all in their best trappings, their freshly burnished arms shining in the sunlight, formed a procession in front of the palace. A full hundred lions, tugging on their leashes held by the warriors, roared their power. Following, herded by four huge black-maned lions, came Tarzan, Thorval, and other doomed prisoners. A full company of warriors carrying banners and pennons brought up the rear. Victius sat majestically in the royal loge. The procession moved past the cheering citizens, whose anticipation of thrills was heightened by the rumors of Tarzan's strength. We're being taken to the arena. There we will watch while the others before us are killed. Those gates blocking both ends of this corridor, they don't seem very strong. They do not have to be. No one can escape. Ah, the arena is filled now. The uh, events are to begin. There are other victims before us. Look, that giant who's entering the arena now is Mayak. See, he carries a sword and a spear. He's a lion man. A favorite gladiator of the people. And uh, the man facing him is armed with only a small dagger. Ah, it'll be more of an execution. Good. over with quickly. Poor fellow. He had no chance. I think I could have defended myself against my arc, the giant. Careful. The guard overheard you. You think you could have defeated him? Oh, why not? He's clumsy and stupid. Most of all, he's a coward. Perhaps we can arrange an encounter for you after the next event. In all, Victor, there is none more courageous than my arc. I can believe that. Look. Yes. They're letting a lion loose into the arena. Oh, that lion is old. Most of his teeth are gone. But he is a killer. Yes, he is still a powerful brute. I suppose you think you could defeat a lion, too. I have. <laughs> the beast roars for an opponent. But if Maya kills you, we will never know if you could have killed the lion. I will fight them both at once if Maya is not afraid to go into the arena with the lion. I will see about this. It would indeed be something to watch. Why could you say that? Didn't I tell you I'd rather be killed by a lion than an elephant? I wonder what they plan for me. We will find out only too soon. Mighty Victus, permit me to speak. What is it, God? The bronzed one called Tarzan laughs at our sport. He finds himself facing death and he laughs? Tarzan says he can defeat both the giant Mayak and a lion. <laughs> and the elephant man, what is he to say? He says nothing. But he seems unafraid. This should be an interesting performance. Perhaps we can make it more difficult for these brave fools. How do you mean? The elephant we captured last night. He is mighty and a vicious rogue. 
We shall put all three against Tarzan and Thorvald. It is arranged, even more to your liking, perhaps. What do you mean? It seems you are honored, Tarzan. You and this elephant man will go into the arena together, not only with Mayak and a lion, but the rogue elephant as well. The elephant, too? Yes, and a fine specimen of beast, as wild as a maddened bull. What does Mayak think of this? I think he does not like the idea. But if Mayak can kill you before the lion and the elephant are let into the arena, he will be made a captain. Are you ready, Thorvald? Yes, Tarzan. Follow me. You will take your places in the center of the arena immediately. Stay behind me, Thorvald. I have a plan. I can't let you face him alone. He has a spear and a sword. We have nothing with which to defend ourselves. Oh, you're wrong, my friend. We have our wits. The giant Mayak ran toward the two men, holding his spear in front of him. Tarzan stood his ground as Mayak lunged the spear point at the naked breast of the Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan seized the shaft of spear and wrenched the weapon from Mayak's grasp, hurling it to the ground behind him. As Mayak reached for his sword, Tarzan was upon him. Steel sinewed fingers seized the giant and swung him around. The lion is loose, Stan. Perfectly still. If you try to run, it will chase you. It is trotting toward us. Yes, but it's a small lion, pitifully emaciated. Starved. Make it ravenous. I have shows fear, Tarzan. I will give this Numa something to eat. Tarzan's words struck terror into the heart of Mayak. He struggled fiercely but could not escape the vice-like grip Tarzan had on him. As the lion approached, Tarzan moved to meet him, pushing Mayak ahead of him. Just before the beast launched its lethal charge, Tarzan gave Mayak a tremendous shove directly toward the lion. Mayak turned quickly to one side and broke into a run. Tarzan stood his ground, but a muscle moved. The lion turned from Tarzan and Thorlo and pursued the running Mayark. Directly in front of the royal loge, where Victia sat spellbound, the lion sprang, and Mayark went down to a mercifully quick end. Release the elephant. Quickly, then. You don't have much time. I'll dispose of the lion. As the lion stood growling over the body of Mayark, its back toward Tarzan and Thorlo, Tarzan sped with the swiftness of Sheeta the panther and leaped astride the cat. The mighty elephant caught Tarzan's scent and started across the arena. Tarzan grasped the lion by the mane and loose hide on its back. He lifted it bodily, at the same time swinging and whirling the beast with it. It was the liking quickness of his act that made it possible. That and his great strength, as with one superhuman effort, he flung the roaring beast into the royal lows of Victius. The lion clawed at the king, lashing his talon paws out as he fought from one loge to another. Tarzan, the elephant, get back! Panther, stop it! Yes, he has a discolored tusk. Wanji and I released him from a pit. He caresses you with his tusk. Quickly. Climb on his back. He'll batter down the logs of the palisade. Nadaheo! Mudo! Mudo! The elephant gathered Tarzan and Thorval in its folds and lifted them to its head. At a sharp command from Tarzan, the mighty beast whirled and charged across the arena. With lowered head, the great bull crashed into the flimsy palisade at the inner end of the corridor. Then the outer palisade fell before him. He carried Tarzan and Thorval out into the flame and poured freedom. Look behind, Tarzan. Already they're pouring out of the arena to give chase. Before long, they'll be organized and in full pursuit. Once they loose the lions, we will have little chance of escape. Look ahead beneath that cloud of dust. The racing elephants of Otho coming at full charge. And gee, he's brought your people. But now we're right in the middle of a full-scale war. Closing in rapidly, the opposing groups met with a clash as Tarzan and Thorval wheeled the bull elephant to lead the charge. The 
mighty elephants of Orthos scattered the foe right and left, and the foot warriors closed in behind to thoroughly rout the lion men, who were not prepared to meet an attack of such proportion. The Victians retreat, my friend. Yes, my people have shown their strength. Their retreat is cut off. The sign of surrender is called. Perhaps this will be the last of our battles. Oh, but the toll of men is great. Come, Thorval, let us go to your kingdom. Victius and Orthon, I bring you together under a flag of truce. You both seem stunned by the useless slaughter of so many men and animals. We have long been enemies, Tarzan. What is to be gained by killing? Tarzan is right. We could live in peace. I am ready, Tarzan, to abide by your suggestion. And you, King of the Lion Men? I will obey. There is no reason why you should be hereditary enemies. We're all of the same ancestors. You, Warthon, have taught your people to work the fields and produce abundant crops. That is true. And you, Victius, have taught your men to hunt well. Yes. Together, your peoples have all that is necessary for a bountiful life. You can work and provide each other with the fruits of your labor. I am willing to accept this plan, Victius. Yes, Orthon. We shall be friends. Welcome to my... to our valley. I know this peace shall be a lasting one. And now I must return to my home. You have done us a great service, Tarzan. And I shall never forget how you saved my life. Oh, Tantor saved both our lives, Thorval. Yes, it was amazing. That elephant remembered what you had done for him. The beasts of the jungle are not given enough credit. Like humans, they too will welcome kindness. And when they return that kindness, it often means the difference between life and death. In just a moment, a preview of our next exciting story of Tarzan. In our next story, you'll hear about a fabulous uranium discovery in the hidden land of Gurma, a land dedicated to peaceful farming, suddenly inflamed by a savage lust for war. You'll meet a sinister woman known as Panther, her equally sinister partner, and the most vicious killer Africa has ever seen, Tremaine. Included in our cast were Jack Moyles, Bob Bruce, Victor Rodman, and Charles Seal. Tarzan, a creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and transcribed by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Robert Schaefer and Eric Freewald, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time. Transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Jungle Smoke. There was no more than the usual commotion in the jungle as Tarzan rode easily in the back of Tantor the elephant. But a thousand miles from this tranquil scene, a man worked swiftly, cautiously, not realizing that his actions would soon bring him face to face with the Lord of the Jungle. The man was Harry Douglas, whose clever hands were busy packing a parachute. He smiled to himself as he folded the white silk, because he knew this parachute would never open. The smile vanished as the door to the hangar where he worked slid back. Harry, what are you doing in the hangar at this hour of night? Oh, oh, Eli, Going back to bed. I, I'm just getting ready for tomorrow. Well, you might have told me instead of letting me worry where you were. I thought maybe the police had got... The police to... don't know anything. By the time they do, nobody's going to know where we are. I hope you're right. No, but it won't be necessary to actually use these parachutes. Don't you worry, Eli. This is my part of the show. You got hold of the diamonds. It's my job to get them out of Africa. And the sooner the better. I'm getting nervous, Harry. <laughs> Just relax. I know what I'm doing. I hope so. Well, if we're going to take off in the morning, you better get some sleep. I will. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> Just worry about yourself, Eli. Some 5,000 feet above him in the high African sky, Tarzan saw the small twin-engine Gemini winging northward. His primitive instincts resented this intrusion of civilization, even so far above his beloved jungle. What would have been his thoughts had he been able to look into the car and see what was happening? The hand of Harry Douglas slipped stubbornly to the throttle, deliberately eased it back. The engine slowed and faltered. Harry, what's the matter? The engines, what's happening? I, I don't know. They're, they're clocking out. We'll have to jump. Jump? Harry, I can't. The diamonds. We'll lose the diamonds. That's better than losing your life. The strong box is in the police. There's no time to get it out now. Jump, Eli. I'll try to hold her on course until you're clear. Open the door. Jump. Harry, I'm scared. I, I 
along, pal. Now then, I'll just pull out of this dive. I'll give her a little throttle and... And, and what's the matter? It, it's jammed. The throttle jammed. Turn over, you have to turn over. There's no use. I got a jump. This parachute better open. As he sat on the back of the camera, the elephant, Tarzan watched the tiny speck of the body fall from the plane. held his breath, waiting for the parachute to open, but it never did. The tiny speck became larger, then was swallowed silently in some distant part of the jungle. He saw, too, the plane diving out of control, and the second figure jumped clear. But this time, the white silk billowed out, and Tarzan raced toward the spot where the man had floated to earth. He found Harry Douglas swinging from his shroud lines, which were caught in a tree. Stay back! I have a gun! I kill! You understand? I kill! I understand, Tarmangani. You... you speak English? I speak many tongues, including those of my brothers, Mangani, the ape, and Tantor, the elephant. But then cut me down. But don't forget this gun. I don't trust a savage, no matter how he talks. Oh, Tantor, do you hear? He has a gun. He threatens Tarzan with a gun. Tarzan? Yes. And when I come as a friend, I do not like to be threatened. But if I don't cut you down, Sheeta the panther will. Oh, I was wondering how long I'd have to hang there. You should know better than to fly your craft over this part of Africa. I, well, my, my compass went out. I, I was lost. Oh, say, talk about heat. That's the hottest breeze I ever felt. And for good reason, if your civilized nostrils could only tell you. Huh? What do you mean? What's happening? The crash of your plane set the jungle on fire. The animals are stampeding. Oh, quickly. Let Santor swing you to his back before we're crushed. Uh, no, he'll kill me. Why, that elephant could... Santor! No, 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 don't. Don't let him touch me. No, no, no. He'll not hurt you. Hang on while I swing up behind you. No. Run, Santor, Run. Look, back there. The flames. I can see them. You brought this destruction to the jungle. If it overtakes us, there'll be justice in your punishment. How much of a chance do we have? That's up to the wind. Faster, Tonto! Faster! Faster! was one hope to reach the banks of the Ubangi River. Although Tarzan instinctively distrusted Harry Douglas, he could not desert him. From out of the previously silent, almost motionless wilderness, now poured every sort of beast and bird. The leopard and the lion, the hyena and the jackal, hereditary enemies fleeing side by side. Behind them, the wall of flame leaped forward. Tarzan! The river! I can see it! Lucky man, Tarmangani. You'll live now to see another day. 
one ride I'll never forget. Oh, how long will it be until the fire dies out? Due to the sun is already hidden by black clouds. There'll be rain in a short while. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. We'll camp on the other side of the river. In the morning, I'll take you to Garara, the English settlement. Uh, I'm not going to Garara. And neither are you. If you want my help, you'll go where I say. Hey, listen, Tarzan. I've got to find where my plane crashed. Why? There's nothing left of it. Not quite nothing. There's some things that don't burn. Oh? What sort of thing is that? That's my secret, Tarzan. But I'm going back to the plane. <laughs> you wouldn't last one day in the jungle. Oh, no? You seem to do all right. I was raised by the apes. This is my home, just as the great city is yours. You're taking me back, Tarzan. Maybe a slug from this forty-five wouldn't be much good against a lion, but against you? Well, you're only human. I'm not afraid of your gun, but I am curious to know what reason prompts your foolhardy desire. Never mind the reason. Just do what I say. All right. Tarzan will take you back. But you'll wish you'd gone to Garada instead. Left of the plane should be someplace nearby. Yes. It better be. I can't go much farther. I don't think I'm too tired to pull this trigger. Oh, I never underestimate an opponent. Look. There it is. Huh? There's the pile of twisted metal you think so important. Yeah. That's it, all right. Come on. Here. Here's the steel handle from the police. That means the strong box is around here somewhere. <laughs> In the excitement of your greed just now, you turned your back on me. I could have killed you. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, now that we're here and I know the way back, I don't need you anymore. Oh, you think you've learned the ways of the jungle so soon? I just think maybe you uh, shouldn't live to know why I came back here. Without me, you'll never get back alive. <laughs> it's burnt over all the way. The only animals we came across were dead. There are other things to fear besides the animals. Look across the ground behind you. Uh, uh, Must be a hundred of them. Put your gun away. They don't look very friendly to me. Do what I say. We'll go to meet them. Yeah, but okay, but no funny business. Get rid of them. I don't want them hanging around. Come on. And keep your gun from sight. Omangani! Tarzan approaches you in peace. We, too, come in peace. Advance. Tarzan does not know the mark of your tribe. We are Ramabu, and Okate is our chief. He has sent for you and your companion. Tarzan has other matters to attend to, but I send your chief my greetings. You come with us. Tarzan has spoken. He has sent his greetings. What are they gibbering about? I can't make it out. But I've heard of the Wamabos. What I heard, I don't like. Why do they look at us that way? Let's get out of here. Let's make a run for it. Oh, no, it's too late. They have spears, and the fire has destroyed the protection of the jungle. Double crossing... 
two natives went down with bullets through their hearts. More fell to the flashing steel blade of Tarzan's knife, but the odds were too great against them. Eventually, Tarzan and his crazed companion were borne to the ground and bound securely with leather thongs. Then they were marched many miles to the Wamabo village to escape the fire. In the center of the village, Tarzan saw something which gave him his first indication of what was in store. Tarzan, what are they going to do to us? Look over there, lying on the ground. This is just a dead goat. What does that mean? The goat is dead, yes, but from the marks and wounds, I know the animal was tortured to death. You mean they get some kind of kicks from doing things like that? They only use animals as substitutes when they have been unable to capture any humans. What? You mean that... Oh, no, they wouldn't. Not to us. We may still get a chance to fight again. Oh, that must be the chief over there. Talk to him, Tarzan. Tell him. Yes. Tell him I know where to get him a million dollars worth of diamonds. If he'll let us go. Oh, so that's what you went back to the plane for. Yeah, but he can have them. I just want to... Oh. Tarzan. What? Look beside him. The strong box. He's already got the diamonds. How long are they going to keep us tied up in this dirty shack? Why don't they get it over with? You know as much as I do. Oh, Kacha, their chief only said we'd know our fate at sundown. Oh, the diamonds. All the careful planning... How to get them, how to fly them out of Africa without getting caught, and how to kill Eli so I'd have them all for myself. I had it worked out perfect. <laughs> no crime is ever perfect. We'll soon know where your crime has led us both. I come to tell you your fate. Speak, Okata. But remember you speak to Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. No longer, Lord of Jungle. Tarzan and friend must die at ceremonial dance. Why, Chief of the Wamabo? Why must we die? Iron bird that fall from sky set jungle on fire. My people's cattle destroyed. But what good's it gonna do to kill us? You be sacrificed at feet of idol. Then maybe cattle come to life again. The idol cannot bring back your cattle. We see. Everything ready. You will be tied to stake. And soon, dance of death will begin. They can't do it. Not like this. Not in cold blood. Is it any different from the way you killed your friend? I have no sympathy for you. But I would rather die under the fangs of Numa the lion than at the hands of the Gomangani. Uh, what can we do? you you got to think of something, Tarzan. Tarzan has been thinking. Okada! Why, Tarzan call? You ask if Okata is sure that his idol will restore the cattle. Idol often angry, not do as we wish, even after sacrifice. Tarzan can do what your idol cannot. If Okata gives Tarzan the shiny stones from the iron box, 
the Wamabo, will have two head of cattle for everyone they lost. How Tarzan do this? Okata knows the word of Tarzan will not be broken. I will do what I say before the next full moon. Will Tarzan pledge not bring back with him Banda Vascari or any other men? Tarzan will pledge what Okada asks. Yes, sure. Yes, Chief. Let us go and you get your cattle back. You stay here. Hostage. Unless Tarzan return by next full moon with two head cattle for every shiny stone I give. You die the death of many buyers for idol of Komangi. Go now, Tarzan. No. No. Send me with the Tarzan. Don't leave me with these savages. Tarzan. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan was in the jungle, free again, but not free of his promise. It was late the next day that he heard what he hoped for. It was a tribe of apes. Tarzan dropped from the trees and faced their leader. The bull ape plunged at this strange intruder, but Tarzan moved last as a of lightning, grabbing the wrist of the long ape arm, sending the animal crashing to the ground. Having established his supremacy, Tarzan gave the apes his instructions. Then he vanished into the jungle toward Garara and the diamond merchant there. Tarzan, what are you doing in town? Hello, Bill. I came to get money to buy livestock at the auction. Well, if it's not too much, I'll be glad. I need a great deal. But I've got diamonds to sell in exchange. Here you are. 
Let me see those. Pick one that's worth about a thousand pounds and then keep the rest in your safe until they can be returned. A thousand... I don't know where you got these, but I'm unable to help you. Why? What's the matter? I can't give you a thousand pounds for one of these. In fact, I couldn't give you fifty pounds for the whole box full. They're all fakes. I don't know, Tarzan. It's a strange story. But where could the real diamonds be? I'm sure that Harry Douglas thought these stones were genuine. Why not just forget the whole thing? man like that's not worth rescuing. Let the Wamabos do what they want. With. I told him I'd return. I also gave my promise to Okata. I wish there was something I could do, but a thousand pounds... I know. Thanks anyway, Bill. It's crazy. You said you promised not to bring back any other people. Even if you had the cattle, do you mean you could drive them through the jungle single-handed? Mm, something like that. What are you going to do now? Go back to the jungle. I've got to think about this. And I don't think well in the city. Just don't go back to the Wamabo, Tazen. I have to, with or without the cattle. But Tokata will answer to my knife if he tries to bind me to that stake again. You've got until the next full moon. If you'd like, I'll spend a few days with you. I'd like to get away from the city myself. Well, come along. The peace of the jungle will give us our answer. It's been a long time since I've been in the jungle. More beautiful than I remembered. Soon we'll come to the place of the fire. You will not find that beautiful. Oh, I suppose not. Too bad it had to happen. It was near here that I first saw the plane. I wish I... Hmm? Look. Scar, the vulture. I wonder what he found this time. Go, come on. It's a thin chance, but... Maybe we seek without knowing it what Scar has found. What do you mean, Tarzan? It's probably just a dead deer that the hyenas aren't through with yet. Probably it is. Over there. There's something. Oh, it's a man. At least it was. And there's that it never opened. This is the man Harry Douglas murdered. What are you doing? Why are you ripping his coat apart? Perhaps Harry wasn't the only one with plans for a double cross. Perhaps. Yes. Look here. From the lining of his coat. Diamonds. Let me see one. These are the real ones. They have to be. Yes, these are genuine. Oh, what beauties. <laughs> Two men so smart they outtrick themselves. We'd better get these stones back to Garara. I know. There isn't much time before the full moon. <laughs> Strangest cattle drives in history. Through the jungle, great bull apes rode herd on the frightened cattle, driving them along, defending them from the jungle perils. Finally, the wild apes, the docile cattle, and the lord of the jungle neared the Wamabo village. Okada's people came out to meet them. The apes melted unnoticed into the jungle beyond the village. A short while later, Tarzan stood with Okata and Harry Douglas inside the village palisade. He did what he said, Okata. Now, how about untying my hands and letting me loose? Yes, Okata. Release him. No. My people have cattle again. Now we offer sacrifice to idols. Show our thanks. 
The idol didn't bring the cattle. Tarzan did. All things come from idols. Tonight, you both die. Tarzan kept his word, but the Wamabo chief did not. Now Tarzan will punish Okaza. <laughs> Noise of Tarzan, not scare of Kata. You are surrounded by warriors. And your village is surrounded by mine. Look, Okata. Coming over your walls. Eight. Eight. Hundreds of them. Take you to the police at Garara. Or you can remain in the jungle alone. Yeah, I figured it'd be something like that. Well, the jungle's better than prison. You've made your choice. So now I leave you. Uh, and he's gone. Disappeared in the trees. No. No, I can't do it. I can't stay here alone. Uh, Tarzan! Tarzan! Tarzan, come back! Have you changed your mind? Yes, yes! Uh, uh, I've changed my mind. Uh, I don't care what happens. Just don't leave me here again. For once you show signs of wisdom. The jungle takes care of its own, but unlike the civilized world... It punishes traitors and criminals in slow and unmerciful methods. Come. We'll go to Garana. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time. Transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now on the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Evidence Destroyed. The jungle sun shone brightly on the foaming water where Tarzan swam, and a band of monkeys watching from a tree that grew near the jagged shore seemed to join in his laughter as he frolicked like a young waterbuck. He dove deep, and his great lungs permitted him to stay beneath the surface so long that the stalwart native who suddenly broke from the brush and ran toward the shore feared for the safety of a white god. Tarzan! 
Tarzan! Tarzan! <laughs> You're looking for someone, Omu? Oh. Oh, Tarzan know when he is at bottom of ocean that is Omu who called. <laughs> I, I caught you, Sent. Almost half an hour ago. And you stepped on that rotted log just back of that clump of baobab trees a moment before I dove. Omu forget caution of jungle. His mind much full with troubles of his people. Your crops go badly, Chief Omu? Your cattle do not multiply? Cattle become many, but young men of tribe grow less. His slave raiders. Slave raiders? How oh, I hate those beasts who put free men in chains. I never thought that anyone could organize another caravan to drag our people across the Libyan desert. This time, raiders come by sea, take men in boat to Casablanca, to Oran, maybe even to Port Said. How long has this been going on, Omu? Last time was while Tarzan away, six moons ago. And then again, last night. Last night? Slave ship still offshore, Nikral. We shall board it then. Ship has many thundersticks, Tarzan. Already many warriors lose life. And governor in Bekurada says he not help. The government has refused you aid? But why? Say is only in Omu's mind that in this day and age is no more slave. I can just hear that pompous fool saying that. He say, if we bring proof, then he act. Well, then we shall get him his proof. Omu... When the slave ship sails, that you'll have another passenger aboard. Tarzan delayed only long enough to go into his cabin and secure a bag of gold, the most effective bait when one hunts greedy men. And then he accompanied Ormu back to the village of his people. Not far offshore, a black-hulled brigantine lay at anchor. Tarzan waited until night descended over jungle and sea, and then he glided through the shimmering water in a native canoe. Once alongside, he scampered up, and then trod silently toward the bridge. Who goes there? Oh, oh you move quietly, sailor. Sailor? I am Captain Zarenko, master of this ship. Who are you and what do you want? My name is Clayton, John Clayton. I'm uh, looking for passage to the nearest point of civilization. Why do you sneak aboard under cover of darkness? You showed no light, so I thought everyone was below. It seemed a a waste of time to try to signal you. Get off my ship. I do not like strangers, and we do not carry passengers. Now, just a minute, Captain. I I wouldn't want you to get any wrong ideas about me. The only reason I paddled out tonight is that I was afraid you'd cast off before I'd talk with you. You see, I... uh, well, I've been a, a mining in the interior for several years. I've managed to find quite a bit of gold. Yes, I, I'm, I'm anxious to get back to England. Then swim there. I have my gun trained on you. And I have a crew that is itching for a taste of blood. I never argue with men who have such strange tastes. But I do wish you'd reconsider, Captain. I'm willing to pay a great deal. Get off my ship! Get off, I say! Why do your people chant the song of warning? While Tarzan go to ship, two more strong young warriors are taken. See, even now, small boat go toward ship. From up the coast, less than a mile. Come on, Omu. We're going out there. We not stand much chance. We will be badly outnumbered, of course. There are many brave warriors of tribe on ship. Omu, sure. That's what I'm counting on. If we can get there before the tender, we may find only the captain on deck. If you can keep him busy, perhaps I can cut the men's bonds and they can help fight for their own freedom. Omu, lift canoe in water. Yeah, we'll do it together. It'll be faster. Now, that's it. You paddle bow, Omu. Dig your paddle deeply. 
Or if their tender arrives before we... Rest your paddle, Omu. We're turning back. Tarzan turns back. They do have many guns, and they use them well. <laughs> Perhaps Tarzan plunges headlong into danger, but John Clayton has decided to use cunning. What you do, John Clayton? I have a plan that may persuade them to accept me as a passenger. But it hinges on your willingness to brave a life of slavery if we fail. Men of Omu already face slavery. Their chief not afraid. <laughs> Respected your flag of truce, Clayton, but I had no business with you. Cast off, and I shall forget to notice your white flag. I ask only two minutes of your time. I'm willing to pay two gold pieces for it. If you do not agree to my proposition, the gold shall still be yours. I will lower a ladder. The first victory for the yellow metal, Omu. Follow me up. Nadeo, Tarzan. Wanna Clayton, if you don't mind. Nadeo, I remember. Ah, here we are. Yes, here you are. Now, what do you want? Captain, I came out this morning to try to persuade you to change your mind about letting me sail with you. My servant, Omu, and I would take up little space. We would ask for no special food or treatment, and I stand ready to pay you ten pieces of gold to take me to your next port of call. Mr. Clayton, I have explained to you, we do not take passengers. We have room only for the crew. But I should be glad to sleep on deck, and you might use Omu as one of your crew members. Now that I'm heading home, I shall need him no longer, and he's the strongest native in the entire district. Much stronger than any other man you might find, if you were looking for a hand to sign on. I have a full crew. Your goal does not tempt me, and I am weary of your entreaties. I'm going below, but I leave orders for you to be thrown overboard if you do not leave the ship within two minutes. And thank you for the present of the two gold pieces. <sighs> I was sure he'd grasp at the opportunity of getting you a move. Strange thing. Plan do not work. Perhaps he's suspicious. But why should he be afraid of us? Well, welcome aboard, strangers. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Bill Robinson, first mate. I overheard your little run-in with the skipper. Mustn't be put out about it. I am. I was very anxious to sail with you. Yeah, well, why not? We're casting off any minute, and if you're aboard when we're underway, what can the old man do about it? Especially if I tell him I okayed the terms. It... Won't get you into any trouble? Oh, no, no. No, his bite is not as bad as his bark. <laughs> I appreciate this very much, Mr. Robertson. As I told the captain, I shall be happy to sleep on deck, and Omu would be more than willing to sleep in the hold. Well, there's no need of that. You can share a cabin with our other passenger. Other passenger? But Captain Zarenko told and me And your to... servant can have a bunk just off the galley. And he can lend a hand, if you don't mind. We're operating with a short crew. to get anywhere near the hold, Omu? Men, watch every move Omu make. Well, they've got their eyes on us, all right. We've got to manage somehow to get into that hold. No sound come from there. Maybe Omu wrong. Ship not carry slave. It does seem hard to believe that a man like Robertson would be a party to slave trading. There's a mystery about this ship. I'd like to know something about the other passenger whom I've seen either hiding her hair 
He not sleep in cabin? No, there are some bags and clothes in the other bunk, but he's managed to stay out of my sight. If he exists. Maybe his voodoo man who knows secret how be invisible. A secret I could have used on numerous occasions. No, Omo, I don't know the answer. But sentries or no sentries, guns or no guns, I intend to find out tonight. That night, as the ship changed course so that it would not sail too close to Port Guinea or Dakar, Tarzan strode noiselessly along the corridors of the mammoth brig. Though he managed to gain the lower regions of the ship, he could find no door leading to the hold, no passageway that led to the vast regions below deck. At times, he thought he detected a moan coming from the other side of the stout corridor wall. At times, he was almost certain he heard a muffled sigh for help. But perhaps it was only the straining of a rope or the creaking of a mast. You will find no entrance to the hold along this passageway, Mr. Clayton. Then you shall show me where the entrance is, Captain Zornikov. No. No, I shall not tell you. Go ahead, strangle me if you think it will help your cause. Tell me. Death could not seal my lips tighter. All right, Captain, you win. Your death would not answer my questions. Now, you wonder perhaps why I did not call out for my crew. Why didn't you? Because I think now they wait only for such an opportunity. They would kill me and blame it on you and then give you a trial at sea and take your life. And I shall not give them that satisfaction. Good night, Tarzan. May be true, Tarzan. Cook say Captain Freight, many of crew. Second mate, Dorenji, chief engineer, Schmidt, ship carpenter, McCandlish. But it's fantastic to think that the master of a vessel is under the thumb of his men. You don't think for a minute that the crew could be running this as a slave ship without his knowledge or consent? Almost not, no. Well, you'd best turn in. I'm going to take a turn about the deck and try to figure out this strange enigma. May peace come to your mind, Lord of Jungle. Evening, Mr. Clayton. Mr. Robertson, you're the only decent man aboard. In the name of heaven, tell me who runs this ship. Who holds the captain under his thumb? Well, I don't know what kind of crazy stories you've been hearing. You can bet your bottom dollar the old man is skipper of his craft. Well, then what's the mystery about this ship? The sealed hold, the guards wherever you walk, the moaning that can be heard through the walls, and the other passenger who doesn't exist. (laughs) I'm afraid you've been in the jungle too long, Mr. Clayton. Man starts imagining things when he's alone too much. There's no mystery about this ship. Oh, and that passenger who doesn't exist, he's standing right up there in the prow. I hope you feel better in the morning, sir. I beg your pardon. Why? What did you do? I I understand you're the other passenger aboard, in addition to me. Oh, you're the fellow who shares my cabin? Hardly that. You're never there. Why? Because I prefer to roam around and to sleep under the stars. Besides, I was told it wouldn't be too healthy for me to be seen talking to you. So? Would it be important of me to ask you who you are and what you're doing aboard? Yes, but I'll answer you anyway. Your name's Smiley Nelson. Profession, vagabond artist. But I warn you, I'm more vagabond than artist. I have a great weakness for painting deserts and jungles in preference to fashionable daubs or pretty faces. Deserts and jungles. Smiley Nelson. I, I have seen your paintings there. They're famous. How do you happen to be aboard a ship like this? I wanted to see the coastline, experience the thrill of an old sailing vessel. But how did they ever consent to take you as a passenger? The governor's an old friend of mine, and he asked them. 
Oh, so the governor is a friend of yours. Yes. Any crime in that? No. But there is crime aboard. I suppose you'd be shocked to hear you were traveling on a deluxe slave trader. Slaves? You mean those poor souls in the hold? You've seen them? Certainly. I was told they were the victims of Kingo, a native opiate. That they were being taken to a state hospital. The narcotics were probably administered by their captors. And were there chains and leg irons there? Yes. He told me they were for the violent cases. So that's why they had the place all closed off. I've been a blind idiot. They evidently had you picked for one, but I think you could return the compliment if you'd help me. Just name it. We can't possibly hope to commandeer the ship and take it back to port for evidence, but were you to make drawings of the whole, showing the slaves, the leg irons, the chains, and the other devices such men use, they could be used as evidence, and we could enlist the governor's help. If you are his friend, it will also work to our advantage. I'll do it tonight. You, you can gain access to the place where the slaves are kept? Sure. It's right through the... Clumsy fool! You might have killed Mr. Nelson. Are you all right, sir? Yes. Just a trifle shattered. If you hadn't yanked me by the arm, I might have been killed. A thousand pardons, gentlemen. Pardons, Captain? It is all I can offer. It was the clumsy ship's carpenter repairing a yard arm. Come, Mr. Nelson, I will see you below. I'm just about ready to retire. And since Mr. Nelson and I occupy the same cabin... I we... think he would be more comfortable in my cabin tonight. I fear for Nelson's life, Omu. No matter what comes, we must storm the captain's cabin and attempt to save him. Omu ready. Captain's cabin just head. Have your knife ready. And try to keep it on you. I shall throw mine at anyone who fires when we enter. No deal. If they even suspect how much he told me... Here, door. We knock. First. All right. One, two, three! Look, Tyson, look. Captain Zarenko. Dead. Stabbed with big shot. And Nelson gone. Omu, a stairway leading down. Quick, it, it must lead to the hold. Fire! Fire! Don't come down! Smoke pour from hold. The ship is like a tinderbox. It'll be a mass of flames in a matter of minutes. We turn back and go upstairs. The flames are already licking up the companionway, Omu. I'm afraid someone has destroyed our evidence. And us with it! <laughs> Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Fire leaped from timber to timber, and flame engulfed the hapless brig before a single lifeboat could be manned. Men leaped into the depthless ocean. Others were pinioned beneath falling timber and canvas. Only in the hold, where the fire had started, were the flames under some control. For as Tarzan ramped shut the only door, the blaze star for oxygen. 
but the entire ship was doomed. Tarzan and Omu struggled to free the scores of chained natives, but as the ship began to submerge, they dashed for the captain's cabin, dragging the now unconscious figure of Smiley Nelson with them. A torrent of seawater cleared the flames as they made for the upper deck. Seconds before the prow raised in the air, they leaped for the dangerous haven of the sea. Omu! Omu! I'm here, Tarzan. Have all part of focus. You have Nelson. I I managed to hold on to him so far. Here, Tarzan. Here. Give Omu your hand. I'm all right. See if you can lift Nelson up. Omu has Nelson. Now, Tarzan. Santa. We were lucky. Nelson dead, no? He still breathes, but... Robertson, the first mate. Yeah. Reach out, hand. You think this will hold us all? Looks strong enough, but I'm not sure how much good it will do us to stay afloat. We must be hundreds of miles from land. We're off the main course, and there are a dozen varieties of killer shark between us and salvation. Day. What day is it now? Sekuni. Fourth day. Why doesn't he talk? Why does he just sit there staring at me? Nelson? Yeah. Well, something must have hit him on the head just after he called out to Omu and me. He'd be better off if we threw him overboard. Enough people dead already. All Omu's warriors who taken slave. Want to tell us about it, Robertson? You may not have many days left to clear your soul. Well, you saw the slaves. But it wasn't the old man's doing. Some of the crew knew why he lost his papers in the old country. Threatened to ruin things for him in Africa, too, if he didn't let him have their way. And you? They held a whip over me, too. Only I wasn't as scared as Orenko was. He was so frightened, he thought everyone came aboard was trying to spy on him. Tarzan, watch out. Kill a shark. He almost capsized us. Another one. They can smell death and they're after Nelson. He's no good anyway, Tarzan. Let's shove him in. They'll go away. I'm sorry I had to do that, Robertson. Lash him with that spar, Omu. Nelson, too. If these sharks want a taste of blood, I'll give it to them. His knife between his teeth, Tarzan slipped into the water. The foremost shark dove for him, and the bite of its belly and its cruel slit of a mouth glimmered beneath the surface of the water. Tarzan encircled the beast with a sinewy left arm, and the right arm descended with a flash of steel. Flailing the air with its tail, the mighty sea killer fought furiously, but the knife descended once more, and the sea churned with red. Now Tarzan turned back toward the impromptu raft, but these sharks were not repelled by the blood of their brother. Two of them rushed at Tarzan. But at the same moment, harpoons of bones seeming to come from nowhere flashed through the water, and the school of sharks was routed. Guys are much busy. Not see native war canoes come. Well, thank heavens they came when they did. They, friendly tribe, will take us their village, give food, place to sleep. 
Well, Omu, we know one ship that will carry no more slaves, but many questions about our adventure remain unanswered. Robertson's told us as much as he can or will, and Nelson's lips are still, perhaps forever. All they do is sit in hammer. Son of chief, look out for him. At least he's rested now. We'd best get Robertson and him back to civilization. Robertson can sign on a new ship, and Nelson can receive medical attention. We'd better try to find out if he's willing to tackle a trip through the jungle. He and Hammer, right here. Well, then Robertson must be close. He never seems to let Nelson out of his sight. I don't know why, except... <laughs> Listen, boy, laugh. <laughs> Our artist must be more entertaining than usual. Most of the time, he just sits there staring into space. It's much funny. You nice man. Jumbo, can you what? See, funny picture he draw for Kunjua. Nelson. Nelson, you're coming around. Can you speak? Why don't Nelson get better much soon? Don't. Don't worry about telling me anything right now. Won't you give him board and charcoal to draw with? All right. Here you are. Yes. The, the ship. Yes. Yes, I understand. The night of the fire. That's you going down to the hole to draw the pictures I asked you for, huh? Yes, I understand. A, a, a man comes into a cabin. The captain's cabin? Yeah, yes, a man comes into the captain's cabin and tries to follow you down the stairs, huh? I think he mean man argue with captain. That's a knife. The man killed the captain, and then he followed you down the stairs. Men takes drawings away from Buona Smiley. Those are flames he draws now. The man set fire to the drawings. Must have been the brains of the slave trade, and he knew that if I took those pictures back... The man to... fight with him. He draw face with mouth open. That's Nelson calling out to warn us about the fire. The man struck you with something heavy and then escaped through a secret door. Who was the man, Nelson? Here, here, here I'll, I'll wipe the board clean for you. Yes. Uh, yes, dark eyes. Oh, mouth much big. Thin nose and... Robertson. Robertson! Robertson, come back here! You'll never catch me! Not go in jungle alone! Robertson, your life won't be worth it! Numa! Lions catch, bad men. Oh, turn your head, little one. Turn your head. The jungle has a strange way of administering justice. It isn't pleasant to see its punishment exacted. humans fleeing before a mighty drought, fruit drying upon the trees, cattle falling by dust-filled water holes, and children crying for milk, while a greedy despot who has built a jungle stronghold barters food and drink for human lives. These are the elements that make up our next story of the jungle lord, Tarzan, and the missing element. Tarzan, a transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., Prepared for radio by Bud Lesser with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. 
Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!